0: just because you don't feel like you're getting anywhere um who says that the destination you stopped at wasn't necessary i mean look we sleep every night and we don't go i feel like i'm stuck for 8 hours a day <laughs> yeah we don't look at it like that we look at it like man i just want to sleep like we don't look at it like you're stuck like why do we look at life like i'm stuck you know maybe this is the same as sleep maybe your period of depression or your period of standstill was like sleep, where you were recovering and nurturing and regenerating what you needed to carry on the journey.
1: This is Way of the Artist, with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. We're back talking about all things Way of the Artist. And. (laughs) That's a lot of wells. (laughs) Well, 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 well. Here we are. Here we are talking, drinking some beer, having a good time, chatting about all kinds of wonderful things that we like to chat about. Hopefully, some of them are helpful. but we can never tell. Exactly. So today, we are kind of in a bit of a new territory for the show. We have just done 21 laws, as it were, that we've covered. Plus, there was the first three episodes, which were all about finding your path and claiming your path, all of that wonderful business. And now we're starting to dive into I guess, more particular areas. We're going to start getting like really nuanced with some of these themes and topics, which uh, we always encourage people who are listening, if there's something you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Yeah. We love to chat about the stuff that is concerning to you. But today, we've decided upon a topic. We were going over some different things. And today is all about emotional roadblocks and how do you move through emotional roadblocks what those things even are even that's the first thing that we need to discuss is what is an emotional roadblock and then we can start to address this business of all right well now what do we do about this
0: yeah i think this is where it's kind of like rubber meets the road you know it's a application of the laws and applying them to situations in life that we all experience and, you know, getting a little more specific about how you might apply some of this stuff into your life. Um, you know, there's a saying, I I really agree with this saying, but it's like, they'll, they'll never remember what you said. They'll never remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Mm. And I think that's a very telling statement about just the human experience, which is that we're feeling beings. We are emotional beings and our bodies, our sense of just feeling and emotion is really the difference maker in a lot of how we go through life. Mm -hmm. And I think like, you know, I mean, let's just go back to the most basic analogy. You know, this is way of the artist. Let's say you're hiking on a trail and your legs get tired or the hill gets steep. You feel the pain of the incline, you feel the pain of being tired or fatigued, right? Um, you you see something new, you see an exciting waterfall, you see something, um, you might forget about how you feel and then be in this state of emotional elation, which is still emotion. It's just not so much in the body feeling, mm-hmm. but it's all coming down to our engagement with how we are feeling and what we are kind of bringing in. So I think like this particular episode is really like, well, how do those things like help us? How do they get in our way? How do we even relate to feeling and emotion? And I mean, if anybody's an artist or has done anything artistic at some point or another, you're probably going to recognize that feeling and emotion has to come into your work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think there is an artist out there that can honestly say that they do everything intellectually Yes. You know, although the, although it might seem that way, you know, you'll ask people like, why did you do that? You're like, well, it felt right. It, it's, it, it, I had a sense about it, right? What is that sense? What is that feeling? Yeah. And how does that relate? And then how does that block us really? Is what well, we're well because I mean, it.
1: the emotions are so much of the meaning that, that is permeated throughout the events you know because if we just describe the events of our experiences in a purely objective way there'd be there's something kind of strange about that if someone were to relay a story it's like well uh, then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and you go oh geez. you know like sometimes you, you know like boring. have you ever had a <laughs> you know a friend tell you Like a story is something really crazy happening, but they just kind of say it like, "Yeah, this happened. This happened. This happened. This happened." And um, yeah, so now my my house is gone, (laughs) and you just like (laughs) not said, but you go. (laughs) <laughs> but then you just go, holy shit, are you okay? Yeah. You know, like where you have to just check in with somebody because you're just well, like... Because they
0: seem like they would be in shock or something. Yeah. Because that's not natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we expect, actually, we expect emotion to be relayed. Yeah. When we communicate, if someone doesn't communicate with emotion, it's actually quite weird. hmm And disengaging and we're like, uh, something is off. Like we have a body sense And I know I'm not alone in this is that when someone tells you an event based story that you feel more emotion than they do to their own story and you can tell their don't, you know, something's amiss. You know that they're either in denial, in shock or or they're lying or something's wrong because we as human beings, we don't actually like this is, you know, and this is not I didn't make this shit up. I mean, we don't actually communicate logically. We Mm -hmm. actually communicate more so emotionally, but it seems like we communicate logically. And I think digitally we transfer information to each other. Like, you know, we say like, uh, the data is this and blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. when it comes down to more like human personal story uh, and what we actually care about and what matters and what's meaningful is it all comes down to like, how did it make me feel whether we recognize that or not? Like Mm -hmm. we trade on feelings, we trade on emotion. Um, I can do an example I think is a great way to start this example
1: away friend well you said
0: story so let's just bring story into this I'm going to tell you two versions of the same story I'm 10 years old I'm on the soccer field I'm 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 playing with this team I'm like you know I'm not I'm a defensive player I'm not the best and we're moving up the field and I start pushing up and my team passes me the ball I'm at the top of the box and I take a crack and I score. It's my very first goal. And I look over and all the, the family members, like everybody's family is cheering. My dad and my friend's dad's recording the game and they, they capture it and they capture the whole team. And the whole team knows it's my first goal and they all come and they surround me and they, they don't quite hold me up, but it's basically that. Mm hmm. Not just because we scored as a team, but because they knew it was my first goal and I was new to the team, mm-hmm. and the, and the and you know the 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 parents don't necessarily run onto the field, but you can feel the love that's kind of coming. And I look into the all the parents, and everyone's parents are there except mine. They missed it. They missed this goal. They missed this glorious moment I had in my life. And I, in that moment, I realized geez, maybe this doesn't matter as much as I think it matters. Maybe I need to do more to matter. Maybe if it mattered enough, they would be there. Okay, that's one way to tell the story. You start to feel, if whatever, if you connected with the story, you start to feel a little empathy. You start to feel like you were there. It was present. I told it present moment. The other story is like, yeah, so I was 10 years old and um, the team passed me a ball and I scored my first goal and people surrounded me and, you know, uh, it was caught on film. (laughs) yeah it's another way to tell a story but the thing is is like they're different Mm -hmm. because one's trading on emotions and the other one isn't and the one that trades on emotions will actually last like you you may actually remember that because if you feel it 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 links into your psyche it links into your body if you don't feel it it will be almost gone as quickly as it came in and i think like you know i learned this very early on with uh, school for example if I cared about what I was learning, I was like a genius. But if I didn't care, I couldn't remember anything. It was like I was the worst student in the world. Because, and that's the key thing, you know, is you have to emotionally care about something for it to matter. And I think this is going to pair very nicely into our into our talk here because, you know, we're talking about emotional roadblocks. Why does yeah. the roadblock even matter? Because there's emotion involved.
1: Yes, yes. So, yeah, I think this is going to to come full circle here. So let's take a look at what this is. Just on like first look. So what is an emotional roadblock? Like what? What do we even mean by this? This idea and and there is a little bit of uh. A trickery (laughs) going on here. Even (laughs) with that, an emotional roadblock. There, it's not exactly as it as it appears on the surface. So let's dive a little bit into that. So an emotional roadblock. So obviously we've got there's emotions involved, and there's this idea of a roadblock. This is something that is preventing you from moving in a direction. Yeah. Right. You, so you
0: feel it's stuck. Yes, it's yeah. an
1: emotion that is preventing you from moving in a direction you I'm guessing want to go. Yeah. And this is true for so many of us in our lives with with different endeavors and enterprises that we want to go on. It's definitely true for artists who are constantly in a process of creating new things new bodies of work new materials and we're all engaged in that in, in some on some level and things can come up for us personally that interfere with us we want, at least this is for me, what, what I think of when, when I think of like an emotional roadblock, it's just like, I want to do this thing. I want to go out and, and create this, do this. And I just can't bring myself to, to do, to doing it. There's uh, an anxiety. There is a pain. There is something that is creating usually some kind of a fear but it's getting in, in my way of doing this thing as much as I, as I may want to do it, or as much as I may question, I want to do this. That's part of what this emotional roadblock is, Mm -hmm. is like, it's like, I want to do this thing, but I don't know, maybe I don't want to do this thing. And there's a lot of confusion surrounding an emotional roadblock, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: I think also like we have, uh, in society, we have a way of trying to force things where we try to push things through, um, even though we're not feeling it, you know? Um, and we try to, uh, you know, amp up feeling in another way to compensate or overcome a feeling. Right. And, um, you know, I think like the thing about feeling, I mean, the, the, you know, if I've learned anything about feelings as I've gone through my journey is that, all feelings are valid. All feelings are important. No feeling is bad or wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that most people feel that way or think of it that way. You Mm -hmm. know, I think a lot of people think, well, sadness or anger somehow are not good, you know, stuff like this, right? They're considered bad feelings. Right. Well, that's the first problem with an emotional roadblock. When you judge a feeling, when you judge an emotion, you're immediately blocked because now you can't feel. And what is a feeling there for? You know, a feeling is there to give you feedback, to draw your attention to something, to, to, to make you pay attention. You know, um, like if you, your, your body can't, your body can only speak to you through emotions. Yes. It can only speak to you through feelings and emotions. You know, we call, let's just use them um, the same. They're a little different, but let's use them the same. It can only speak to you through how you feel. Yeah. So if something's wrong, it makes your body feel a certain way so that you know something's wrong. Mm hmm if you don't listen to it, if you don't respond to it, if you make that feeling wrong, try to numb it, try to change it, your body has no more means to communicate to you. It's like basically turning a, a close friend of yours into a mute and not allowing them to speak to you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's basically, and that's where people have run into problems. So and a part of the emotional roadblock, I'd say the first way it even comes up is that you don't even listen to what the emotion is telling you. You block it out, you numb it out, you distract yourself take a pill, have a drink, do something that will make you not feel. And then all of a sudden you go, well, why do I have problems? Why are things not working out? It's like, well, listen, pay attention. Your feelings can't communicate with you Mm -hmm. and then you're blocked. So it's the emotional roadblock is not because of the emotion, but in spite of the emotion in many ways. Yeah.
1: Mm. Mm hmm. I'm trying to wrap my head around that, <laughs> what you just said. Well. <laughs> well, 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 well. well, well, well. <laughs> yes. So, this whole thing with how do we now approach this? So, what you first said there was like our judgments around our emotions and. And there being better or worse emotions is really that's not necessarily like our emotions in many ways are communicators to us and if we've learned anything from the Pixar film Inside Out (laughs) it's that every emotion has its place and that they're all useful for us if we acknowledge them and When we come up against uh, an emotion, or we, we not come up against, but when we experience an emotion that we might consider undesirable, we're feeling worried, we're feeling anxious, we're feeling afraid, we're feeling angry, this type of thing. That emotion is there to To tell us something as you've been saying it is there to tell us something it is there to teach us something there's something it's like pay attention pay attention listen and it won't go away until it's actually looked at Mm -hmm. until you actually give it some time and attention and it can even be as easy as feeling that emotion experiencing it and just saying okay what is this about? What is this feeling about? What, what is this feeling trying to tell me? Right. And it's saying like something is amiss. Something is not quite right about a certain situation. And these emotions can force us to a place to get real honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us can relate to an experience of, being at a very at, a, at a, an extraordinary low point in our in our lives you know like one of those moments where you've just been a circumstance or a situation has just like often literally brought you to your knees just brought you to your knees and and you're you know slamming your hands against the pavement or you're crying into like your your pillow or your hands or something and you hit this point where it's just the, the dam has burst and within that bursting of the dam, you become so hyper and profoundly aware of something in your life Mm. where you just go, I can't do this anymore Mm. sometimes that's how it comes it's like i can't or i won't do this anymore i'm not going to do this anymore i'm not going to put myself into this place anymore and and we make a choice to make a change on some level right so the emotion is there to to show us something and this is one of for me in this conversation one of the major major points in, in this regard is a number, a a few years back, I went through a pretty big existential kind of crisis in my life. Uh, Not just in like a, whoa, what am I going to do for a job or something like that? (laughs) You know, that is a type of existential crisis, but an existential crisis of when I was seriously questioning just reality itself and and what my place was and uh what was the meaning of anything and how am I going to move forward am I losing my like genuinely genuinely am I losing my mind right now am I completely coming coming apart and in that experience and beginning to find my way out of that, that circumstance, one of the very early, early beginnings of that, and again, I want to reiterate, and during this experience, every day felt like I was just narrowly avoiding massive panic attacks almost constantly. Like it was, it was one of these things where I, I just felt like I was. it was, l- this thing was constantly looming around me. And one of the things coming out of it that I learned at the beginning was this difference between the emotions and the thoughts mm-hmm. that were occurring. Because I was experiencing an emotion very often But the thing that was actually very often causing the anxiety that was causing the the stress was the thoughts that I had around the emotion. It was the it was this sort of story to come kind of more full circle with with Mm -hmm. where you started this off, which was this story that was being formed around this emotion which was not really the emotion itself. And just fed that the thought just kind of fed into perpetuating the emotion and me not really looking at the emotion, just being with the emotion, just saying, I feel so sad. Mm. Right. And it was when I would just allowed myself to just be sad, and, ha- and, and allow myself to have some, some moments of vulnerability and let myself just feel that and let that sadness just express itself, that I started to really just kind of come, come through this thing. It was part of the first major steps. So there's this whole part of an emotional roadblock, which as you said, there's this, this is kind of a trick statement, which is that it's not so much the emotion that is the roadblock it is the thought that we often attach with it. That is the roadblock. Yeah. You used this example
0: earlier and I I really love this example. It was before the podcast recorded. So it's the first time you guys are hearing it. But, um, a person says something like, I'm feeling really lost right now. I'm feeling I'm I'm not getting anywhere. That's not a feeling. And you pointed that out, which I think was a great, uh, a great way to separate where the thought and the feeling are is like, I have a feeling and I have a thought that I'm not getting anywhere. And I take the feeling that I'm feeling and I attach it to the thought that I'm not getting anywhere and somehow marry them together. And then I create an emotional relationship, law of relationship, Mm -hmm. to a story, to a meaning that is not necessarily serve me or even have anything to do with each other. I think like, you know, I, I think that people have the power of story and vision and meaning at all times. Mm -hmm. We all do. And we just unfortunately abuse it at times. We make things mean stuff they don't actually mean. We tell stories that don't actually serve us or add up, you know, according to really anything to do with, with the reality that we would even choose if we could and we can. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thing is we have a vision. We have this idea. We actually literally see things that have never happened and don't exist. And we make them into reality. Mm-hmm. And also vision has another side of like, there's the imagination side of vision, but there's the other side of vision, which is like, what do you actually see? Like mm-hmm. vision is also like, what are you filtering and framing for? So like, um, there, mm-hmm. you have everything in front of you. I mean, I think this is what our audience needs to embrace if they're going to continue in this journey with us you in front of you right now is anything and everything to embrace. What you see is what you chose to see. You don't actually see everything. So right now I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at a microphone. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at, um, you know, these furry blankets and things that are around us that soften and dampen the sound. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at that, right? So that's in front of me. Well, am I looking at the fibers of the furry blanket? Am I looking at the You know, the little details on the mic. Am I, you know, am I, what what am I even picking up here, right? Now, we, the problem I think is that when it comes to emotional roadblock, we actually think we see reality. We actually think we see everything. Yeah. Yeah. I just think what happens is we need to start recognizing that we don't see everything and we also pick and choose what we see and we make what we pick and choose more meaningful than something else. Mm -hmm. And if we caught ourselves in a roadblock, it's really just a problem of perception. We need to go back and be like, okay, well, what I'm looking at is not what I want to look at. There are other things to see. Why don't I look at what else there is to see? And maybe I need to get my focus off this thing that's causing me to create this great anxiety or, a big thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, like, I, I feel like that, okay, that's a heady concept, but like, let's, let's take this further. Um, my parents didn't show up to my soccer game. Everyone else's did. I can make that mean that my parents don't love me. Yeah. I can tell the story of how they're too busy and they don't care. And regardless the thing is, is that I can manufacture that yeah. and everyone else can manufacture that with me. But the thing is, is like, at the end of the day, like does, first of all, is that even true? Second of all, does it even matter if it were true? Does it even matter? Because the the other thing is, is that, you know, it, it also forces the idea that love comes from the outside world, that love is somehow something you go out and get from other people. But like, You know, I think when we're talking about an emotional roadblock, you can be blocked just simply because you can't see the way things work. So like, if you see that love comes from within you, then you don't necessarily need your parents to be there because you don't, or at least for the Mm -hmm. need of love, you don't need that to happen. But from a, like, from kind of like the story, the narrative we tell, we go, oh, well,
1: you know, Mhm. Well, I mean, sometimes it's it's one of those situations. I, I I remember when I was in the eighth grade and a, and I was playing basketball and and I had a game and and there was a bunch of different parents and and stuff there and uh, my parents were not at the game and I, I can't remember exactly why but at, for this one particular game. I, felt like it was, it was important that they were there or something. And the truth was that, you know, it, again, like you're saying, it's like, I can create a meaning out of that to be like, my parents don't care about me, which is totally, I mean, not, not the case at the time. You know, I can look back now and say, well, my parents, you know, we just, We had moved from another place and they were they were trying to create a a, a stable household, you know, and they were trying to provide (coughs) other opportunities for me. Drink some beer. Yeah, drink some (laughs) beer. (laughs) they were trying to provide other opportunities. Yeah, because they loved me. But I could use that thing as as a way of being like, well, it's like they didn't because they didn't show up or maybe the reason they weren't there was for the exact reason that I was wanting them to be there. Right. Right. There's just, there's so many different ways that we can frame and filter these things. Right. And again, this comes down to our thoughts and the feelings. Right. And so there is a relationship between our thoughts and our feelings. And oftentimes we do, sometimes there, there are, there are things that happen and there's just an emotional response. We, for example, we, we lose somebody or, or perhaps it's something that we, we, we experience a major success or something opposite ends of the spectrum, but we're, we're just overcome with these emotions, you know, and it's in those circumstances where oftentimes they just kind of flow through. Like, we just don't, we're not really in control. We're either celebrating or we're just, we're immediately mourning. Hmm. Most of the time, or a lot of the time, these emotion a, a lot of the emotions, especially what we're dealing with here in in, in this conversation, when we experience these roadblock emotions, they're almost always attached to a thought. So it's, the feeling is only arising because there is a thought that we're running over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again. And that thought, when it's hit that point, is some kind of a belief very mm-hmm. often and you can almost think of a belief as a concentrated thought yeah <laughs> totally it's a it's a highly concentrated thought which is also pretty much what psychosis is as well which is just a thought that just is continues to repeat in or, in someone's mind so out of repeating this thought becoming a belief it creates this emotion And we notice this thing as an emotion. It's almost, it's, it's, that emotion is speaking to us because it's trying to help us. It's trying to say, hey, you don't feel so great about something because there's something that's not, there, you have a belief, you have a something, there's a thought that you got going that is not helpful That's not, that's not great for you. So it can, it leads you down this path. And the important thing is, as you're saying, is, is not to, is to recognize that there's a, there is a difference between the feeling and, and the thought, because when you start to combine them all together and you say something like, I feel like my life's going nowhere, right? Or, Yeah, well you know it's like to go into that. That's not a feeling. Yeah, that is that is not a feeling. That is not a feeling, that is a thought. That's a thought. So it's a thought you have a
0: feeling, but that is a thought. Your life not going anywhere. It has nothing like the feeling could totally be detached from that. You just paired it with it.
1: Yeah, so the feeling is actually it's like so the feeling is not that your life is going nowhere. The feeling is that you are anxious. And worried, and nervous, and you know you're you're very uh, irritable. Whatever it could be, right? Agitated. That is the emotion. And you're better served to just say, "Okay, I feel agitated." Which, in itself, scientifically proven, just the recognition of your emotion immediately you begin to diffuse the emotion mm-hmm. just through its acknowledgement so you can say okay i feel agitated and then you can go okay so what is that agitation all about and then you can go it's like okay so the thought is that my life is going nowhere yeah okay i think that my life is going nowhere now we can deal with this because a thought is just a thought a thought like we our thoughts are just going constantly hmm They're never-ending series of thoughts. And it's all the ones that we choose to relate to. Mm -hmm. It's all the ones that we choose to uh, really, really embellish and, and, and create stories around that give them reality. So from that place, we can look at the thought and say, okay, I think that my life is going nowhere. And then we can begin to inquire... Into this thought. So it's like, okay, so you think that your life is going nowhere. Well, where are you now? What makes you think that this isn't somewhere? What is this somewhere that you, that you, that you imagine you're supposed to be at? Right? And we can start to, 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 to understand what's actually at the core of this thought. I think my life is going nowhere, right? What's actually at the core of this thing. And almost always, you'll find that there is some sort of a belief that's there and it's causing this emotion. Mm. And once you can get to the source of this thought and you go, oh my God, I think that I'm, you know, I thought that in order for me to be happy, I had to have a house and a car and, a and a spouse and a kid by now. Right. And, and you can even go further from that. So it's like, okay, so I had this, like you said, vision, I had this idea of where I was supposed to be now. So now I feel like my life's gone nowhere because I don't have these things. Okay. Why do you think you need to have those things in order to be happy? Right. And then it's and it's you start to peel back the layers of the onion and you start to really get in touch with who you actually are, where you began to adopt belief systems and other people's uh, ideas of what makes a good life, which is all part of our conditioning. And we all we all undergo conditioning doesn't matter which part of the world you're from every culture every country has its own type of conditioning that goes on within it mm-hmm. so it's about this is really i mean it's, it's a big thing that we're actually talking about because it's like it, it demands an extra an extraordinary amount of of question investigation and 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 honesty Mm -hmm. with ourselves. But it's, it can, by going through this kind of inquiry into ourselves, we can begin to unravel a bunch of the bullshit and the nonsense, which all started (laughs) with a feeling that said, I feel agitated. (laughs) Well,
0: man, there's so much stuff there. I mean, let's just go with your last statement. I feel agitated. I feel whatever fill in the blank worried and anxious but look at the word I that's the problem there right in the beginning I you're focused on yourself emotional roadblocks come from internal focus self-focus people get depressed because they're focused on themselves when you stop focusing on you and you start focusing outward you resolve 99.9 percent of all problems or roadblocks you face you want to make money, provide a service. It's very fucking simple. Listen, everybody is thinking about themselves. Here here I'm just going to say it straight up to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're an artist or you're a business or you're a politician, it doesn't matter. Everybody's i i i me 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 selfish fucking self-involved bullshit. That's the world we live in. So accept it. Now here's the thing. Everybody wants, wants, wants. Very little giving in our society. Why is there unhappiness? Very little giving. Very much focus on self. Bottom line. I'm not making this shit up. This is just how it works. You want to resolve 99.9% of your problems? Get your focus off yourself. Focus outward. Figure out what can I do for other people? What can I give? What can I provide? What surface can I offer? You will resolve almost all your problems. Mm -hmm. That little tiny micro percent that is you has the littlest amount of difference it will make. That's why when people get depressed, they're like me, 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 me. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm whatever. I've been there. Believe me, I'm not judging. I'm sharing. When I was depressed, I was trying to fix that 0.1% and try and change 100% of my life. Impossible. The way I changed my life was like look at what I can do, what I can give, what I can share, what I can put out, where I can focus my attention off of myself. The the ego and the programming and my big, you know, my big you know problem with emotional roadblocks is this. You're emotionally roadblocked because you're trying to solve 99.9% of your problems by figuring yourself out. Like, you're not going to do that. The way you figure yourself out is not by looking at yourself. The way you figure yourself out is by putting your energy outward. What is emotion? Energy in motion. Emotion. Energy in motion. If you keep taking energy and sucking it inward... What do you think is going to happen? You know what I mean? So I think like, you know, we tell stories that make the world revolve around us. And then we try and solve the 0.1% of the problem and think that if we do that, you know, that we're going to fix everything. You want to make money, offer a service that is valuable to other people. That's it. It's very, very simple, right? Um, you want to you wanna sell, focus on what other people want, not what you want. You want to market Figure out what other people are thinking about, not what you're thinking about. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to kick everyone's ass here, but like at the same time, I do like you're an artist. You might like expressing your art. You want to sell your art. You got to figure out if there is a market for that. If other people care about that, whatever, there's a part of self-expression, which is very important and very cathartic and whatever. But I think like the emotion side of it is like, I think the avenue, Evan, is this. I think where we change emotional roadblocks is we develop empathy. We get the shit off of ourselves. All emotional roadblocks, in my opinion, and in, in my experience, are because I'm focused on me. Mm-hmm. Think about it. I mean, when have you ever been blocked thinking about someone else? Look, if my mom called me and said, look, I'm broke down on the side of the road and I need help. Drop of a hat, I'll go out and help her. Same for you. Same for anyone I care about. It's not really going to matter what's going on for me. It's not really going to matter if I'm struggling or whatever. If I care enough about something, I will find a way. Mm. All of a sudden, whatever problem I'm sitting there thinking about, moaning about, bitching about, doesn't matter anymore because my attention gets outward. And I think like this is the big problem with society. Society keeps telling us to look at ourselves. And yes, but not the way it's telling us to look at ourselves. Like we are responsible. Yes, we are. We are the cause of our own existence and all that. I get that. But like we are the cause of outward energy, not inward energy. You know what I mean? Well, we are causing inward, but like it doesn't serve us. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's where I'm kind of going with this. Yeah. Your emotional roadblock is you just kind of like turning shit against
1: yourself. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's interesting because I I think that I, I think I understand what you're saying, which is that we can become self-focused in a way that is not healthy or beneficial, where we end up playing kind of a game of whack-a-mole with ourselves of just like uh, and, and a seemingly endless supply of personal issues that can come up when sometimes the best thing to do, because I think there's a time and place for everything. I think that it is important for us to, to take a look at ourselves, take a look at, at, at where at, at our beliefs and, and, and how we're thinking, because that can often be the thing that gets in the way of us putting ourselves out to, to, putting that attention out there. But it can be very helpful, I think, to take the attention off of ourselves to just connect to to something just to connect to to something else, I guess.
0: Like, I mean, I think the thing is, is like, like, you know, they say if you're depressed, you should do an activity. You should get active. You should take action, right? Because you need to take whatever you're feeling and you need to put it out somewhere. You need to like, you know, release it, express it. I mean, when I went through my period of depression, the turning point for me was when I started expressing emotion again. Mm -hmm. When I was depressed, it was me bottling it up, bottling it up, bottling it up, right? And not expressing it. And the moment I started expressing it, everything in my life just changed because i think that um you know emotion e- emotion is there it's like telling us stuff but at the same time like it's what we do with it and yeah. it's just this like it's a very powerful tool but i think like emotional roadblocks are when we take emotion and we literally use it against ourselves yes We just take it and we make it like a problem. Like it's a problem that I feel down. It's a problem I feel anxious or worried or angry or whatever.
1: And it's like, no, this is a completely natural response based on something that is going on for you, right? No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly, it's the perfectly appropriate response to something that is actually going on for you. Right. It makes me, uh, there's one of my favorites, Dan Millman he i think it was from his book everyday enlightenment i want to say i said we're not even responsible for our own emotions (laughs) (laughs) he's like he says we're not responsible for our own emotions only our response to them Mm. because basically like emotions happen you know we're hit with 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 emotions all the time we don't necessarily understand why well then maybe we understand why but it's our response to our emotions. And I think that's a little bit of what we're talking about here. I think, yeah, I think what you're pointing
0: out is like, um, you're pointing out like state because you can be feeling a whole variety of emotions and still maintain a consistent state. Mm -hmm. Like I think where people, um, feel at the whim of their emotions. And when people are talking about your responsibility over your emotions, what they're really just talking about is state. Like It's like, I can feel angry in one moment, sad in the next and whatever. But like my state of being, my state of centeredness is fine. Like when you don't judge emotions, your state can be consistent. When you judge emotions, your state can't be consistent because what ends up happening is the moment you start feeling something, now you need to do control. Now you need to like fix, alter, change, distract, whatever Mm -hmm. activity you're taking. But like, if you can, if you can feel sadness and not have that be a problem, for example, as any emotion I could label, but you can feel sadness and not have that be a problem, your state wouldn't have to change. You could just be like, oh, I'm feeling kind of sad right now. Something impacted me out there in the world. And I just took that in and for whatever reason, and, and I can be there feeling the thing and still be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But like, I think what happens is, you know, we live in a society and this is the thing that I wanted to get to, which we live in a society of judgment. Yeah. Judge, judge, judge. Everybody judges and we judge ourselves. And so that's where all the blocks come from. Is this judgment? It's just judgment. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I'm not getting anywhere in my life. Judgment. What's the judgment? Right. Everything is a judgment. That's all the problems.
1: And one of I and I want to throw this out there, which is that you know, one of the core thoughts, again, that's underneath a lot of this stuff of these emotional roadblocks. And when you follow the thought all the way down, it's, it's this thought that there is something wrong with me Mm. is one of the biggest things. And I don't know if someone said this to me once before. I mean, I know that I've definitely heard people speak about this, but this idea that there's nothing wrong with you other than that you think there's something wrong with you. (laughs) And it's this whole thing. It's like, there's something wrong with me that creates this kind of internal conflict. Hmm. And, and that's the thing is, and we talked about this before we started recording, but it was like, we can get into these things. And this is very often what what depression is, is it's these thoughts that end up feeding back into itself. You know, it's like a snake eating its own tail Mm. or something, you know, it's like, it just continues to go in a loop over and over and over and over and over again. And so what we're talking is like, how can we disrupt this loop? How can we disrupt this thing? And I mean, and part of that is really is understanding that okay we need to create a distinction between between the emotion and the thought there's a relationship but we need to really understand what we're looking at Mm. first and foremost in order to understand it so it's going to that place of because if we start to bring the thought like again coming back to this thing like i feel like my life is going nowhere so now we've tied up thought and emotion into the same thing and it becomes so convoluted it becomes so confusing to look at it which is why we go it's like okay so well what is the emotion actually here's my thought
0: i think the emotion is just to draw your attention to the fact that you have a thought. Yeah. That's it. And then you let go of the emotion after that is like, I feel emotional because I feel like I'm going nowhere. The emotion got you to pay attention to, I feel like I'm going nowhere. I think I'm going nowhere. Yeah. So then you separate, you go, okay, I think I'm going nowhere. The emotion brought my attention to, I think I'm going nowhere. Well, why do I think I'm going nowhere? Well, because I do this and it doesn't work out and you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here in my life and blah, blah, Whatever. But now you're looking at something and you can go, okay, well, um, if, if you are to acknowledge that you say, okay, well, let's just take, for example, in your opinion right now, you think you're going nowhere, you can look and go, what, what, what would it take to be going somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> and then you could begin the journey of going somewhere. I mean, if you were on a, a hike, right, you're on a big trail. Unless, uh, you know, and then maybe it was like a 30 day hike or whatever, but you're on a big hike and you're walking along and you're like, you know, we've been camping at this spot for a long time. I feel like we're never going to move. And the, and we might go, yeah, it's pretty nice spot here. We've been liking it. We've been enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Um, we've been, uh, doing certain things that from stopping on the trail, of moving somewhere have allowed us to do things that if we were moving, wouldn't be able to do, but you know what? We're done that. Let's move again. Let's continue on the trail. Life is not much unlike that just because you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Um, who says that the destination you stopped at wasn't necessary? I mean, look, we sleep every night and we don't go, I feel like I'm stuck for eight hours a day. (laughs) Yeah. We don't look at it like that. We look at it like, man, I just want to sleep. Like, We don't look at it like you're stuck. Like, why do we look at life like I'm stuck? You know, maybe this is the same as sleep. Maybe your period of depression or your period of standstill was like sleep where you were recovering and nurturing and regenerating what you needed to carry on the journey. So, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, if anybody's real, like, honest with themselves, they're going to be like, you're not stuck there forever. Maybe you got stuck in like a spot or you're standstill for a period of time in an area, but like it'll pass. Come Mm -hmm. on. I mean, we all know it's going to pass. Let's be honest. It's like something is going to shift and change and it always does. Yeah. And I think like this whole idea of like, I mean, we're just on one topic of many we could get into, but emotional roadblock is feeling I'm stuck. I'm not getting anywhere.
1: Well, one of my favorite, my favorite thinkers is, uh, is Krishnamurti. And and he said, we only suffer because we remain in it, and we don't remain in anything. And so like, even in this analogy that you're providing, because the way that these things go, sometimes defies our logical brain. Because even this idea of like, well, I'm stuck. And, you know, I'm I'm not going anywhere. and, And I'm just camping out here in this spot that's not even always the case it could sometimes be the case yeah. that you're you've you've actually been continuing on you've actually been journeying forth on the path and you somehow just didn't even realize it yeah you're not to go to a place and then suddenly you look back and you go wait a whole how the hell did we get here already yeah how did we come this distance and it's like well you did. You kept on putting, you actually just kept on putting one foot in front of the other and you saw more and you learned more than you thought. You just kind of missed some of it because you were, (laughs) you were lost in these thoughts typically, Mm -hmm. you know, and how much of us, it's that Lenin quote, you know, it's like life is what's happening while we're busy making other plans. Mm -hmm. You know, that has a lot to do with, with thought, Mm -hmm. with, with how, we kind of uh float about in our lives there's all this stuff going it's like being in the being in the car driving somewhere and then you have that moment where you go whoa holy shit i don't even remember what happened in the last five minutes or some or however much time has passed
0: you know like yeah you see this when people go on autopilot when they're used to taking the same road the same time and then they're meaning to go somewhere else and they drive to somewhere they normally go and
1: they're like oh and it was like you're on
0: autopilot
1: yeah like you were driving yeah you were you were you were negotiating turns avoiding traffic but you were not really conscious of doing a lot of that stuff. Right. It's very similar to that. I think,
0: I think what you're, you're pointing out is that the fact that like, there is a lot of, um, kind of the subconscious is moving us forward, even though consciously we're on something else right now, we're focused on something else. Yeah. And, um, that's the, you know, that's the thing about like, like roadblocks is like, you, you know, you can be experienced, you can be experiencing being blocked and not be blocked at all, but you are experiencing being blocked. You're experiencing Mm -hmm. being stopped. Um, the other thing, and we haven't really mentioned this, but I want to bring it into the conversation was that the emotion in many ways is a direction, not, Mm -hmm. um, it's not telling you that there's necessarily a problem. It's just telling you that there's another way to go, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, You know, I think like, and I've done this enough in my life to know, but like, uh, you know, when I'm trying to force something, when I'm trying to make something work a certain way and it won't work and it's difficult and it's hard and I feel blocked and it's like, well, you know, sometimes it's just, you just need to go about things a different way. You know, you just Mm -hmm. need to not do it the way that you've been doing it. It's just simply that easy. And the emotion says like, Hey, this is hard. This is difficult. This is not working. This doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. Something feels wrong. And so that's enough sometimes to tell you like, okay, well, you don't have to not do it. Just maybe find a new way of going about it. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: change um, your relationship to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, let's take the actor, for example, just cause you know, I'm sure there's some actors who listen to us. You're auditioning, 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 and you're not booking roles and you're getting frustrated. You're feeling anxiety. You're wondering if you'll ever be an actor and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Um, maybe, the way in which you are going about your acting career is not the way for you. Mm-hmm. And then you go, but other people are auditioning in their booking roles. It's like, yeah, that's what's happening for them. Maybe this isn't your path. Maybe your path is to make your own project. In fact, maybe you're not just an actor. Maybe you're also a filmmaker and a screenwriter. In fact, maybe there's something else in you that is waiting to come out, but because you keep trying to force down the path of auditioning, you keep thinking that this is who you need to be and this is how your life's supposed to look. And I mean, that's
1: I, the way it's supposed to unfold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can relate
0: to this personally. I love acting. I don't like auditioning at all. Yeah. I don't like the... And in fact, I'll take it further. I don't even like the film industry. <laughs> Most of the film industry I don't like. and And the reason why is because it's pretentious and so much about image and how people look. And everybody's like... I book some role that means nothing and no one will ever remember and doesn't matter. And I'm great. Great. It matters to you. Awesome. Mm. I can respect that. But at the same time, when you, when people are sharing stuff and competing with each other and the cutthroat scarcity shit that goes on in the industry, not to mention all the sexual abuse and all the other shit that happens in it, I, I don't like it, but I love creating a great story. I love bring some people together and making a movie and making a project Mm -hmm. i love that and i love being in acting class and working on a scene with people and talking about these characters and this life i love that maybe for me acting is not about having some illustrious career in the film industry and maybe that's okay You know, and other people can judge that and be like, oh, well, you know, you couldn't hack it in the (laughs) fucking great say that. I don't care. For me, it's about I'm looking. This is my life. I want to love my life. And you know what? I do love acting. I love the theater and I love making movies and I love creating and I and I love it when people are there because they want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it when people are there because they want to promote themselves or because they want to make money. to me, that does not get me up in the morning, but that's me. And look, some people might judge that, but I'm honest about that. Ergo, I don't get blocked around it anymore because it's clear to me. You know, if you try and force something that is not a fit for you, you might feel blocked Mm -hmm. as I did, you know? And i look at it, I go, you know, I was auditioning and I'm auditioning for roles and it started with commercials because I'm like, I don't want to audition for commercials. And my agent's like, well, we can make a lot of money. I'm like, I don't even care. I can make money in other ways. I don't care. You know, then then it's kind of TV and now it's TV and movies and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, do I really want to audition for bit parts I don't care about? "Eh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm at this point now where I'm like, if it doesn't if it doesn't fulfill me, if I don't really care about it, why do it? You know, if I act and continue to act for the rest of my life and I never make another dollar doing it, but I just act in class and act in my own movies or student films or indie films and stuff like that, that might be enough for me. But, you know, in my mind, I have this idea, this judgment, this thing about how if you're not like winning an Oscar or in the film industry, that somehow you're not really doing it. And it's like, where the, fuck did that come from? You know what I mean? But I think emotional roadblocks come from these rules and these stories and these bullshit ideas we have about how life's supposed to be and whatever. And it's like, um, and also what we think other people will think of us, you Mm -hmm. know,
1: it, what you're saying, it reminds me of, and this is just going to be one of my classic moves here. As always. A misquote? But a, mi- a misquote or a paraphrasing of a quote by a person who I can't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my move.
0: That or forget what you're going to say. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> it hasn't happened yet today. No, you've been doing well. But this one quote to paraphrase Kay. was that the forest would be awfully quiet if only the most beautiful of songbirds sang their song. Mm.
0: I like that. That's really good. You Even know, if you misquoted, it, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's the sent. it's the sentiment, it's yeah. the idea that was carried with it, which yeah. is just like, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in in perfectionism or ideas of of how something is supposed to be. And you know, we just have so little comprehension of how anything is supposed to be. And normally those ideas, it's this thing of what is and what should be is a constant issue of of stress for most of us, right? Mm -hmm. And it takes us away from actually just doing the things that we want to do, you know, because otherwise it comes with all of this baggage. And that's often what creates these emotional roadblocks. You know, we feel this emotion. You're like, oh, we can't do it. And it's like, well, underneath it is because there's this whole, judgment. There's this whole need to be perfect. There's this need, you know, there could be a number of things that are, those are some common ones, but it's actually that thing that is causing the block. Mm. It's, it's that thing that's causing you not to move in, in the direction that you want to be going into. Again, so much for talks, we, we go into being, more and more conscientious about what our lives are and where we actually are in our lives. And I want to share something quickly, which is that, I mean, going back to when I was in this very dark place of, of ang terrible, terrible anxiety and, and depression. And there were moments where I was like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting anywhere. Like, I feel like I'm getting, like I'm stuck in this place and that it's never ending. Mm -hmm. During that time, there was all of these other things that were happening. I was, suddenly opening myself up to the writers and philosophers and thinkers and other people who I had never, who I'd never opened myself up to before, that I'd never gone and considered before. And so while I was crawling in this really dark place, suddenly there was just like this, like there would be these glimmers of light or sometimes these brilliant flashes of light that occurred. And that was all part of this process. Uh, there was all of these things happening where it's like suddenly there were, there were new things that were reshaping me, Mm -hmm. that were there helping me, assisting me during that whole period where I felt like I was going nowhere until suddenly something happened and I was somewhere else. That was all built upon all of these little things that kind of felt like nothing. That kind of felt like going nowhere.
0: I can relate to that. I mean, when I was in my darkest moment, that's the thing that was very difficult to see, that it was causing me to look elsewhere, to look somewhere that I hadn't been looking. And I think that's what a a block is a gift. It's not a, like we look at a block like some negative. It's like, no, like if you get blocked, if you get stopped going a certain direction, there's a gift in there. It's getting you to look into your peripheral. It's getting you to look off into something else.
1: That's something that we didn't even get into with this one that, you know, we have it on our kind of notes of areas we could, dive into but
0: <laughs> this but this thing to keep these things we try reasonable. and keep <laughs> these
1: things reasonable for use it's like not crazy but this whole could, thing of of yeah. of the unknown you know the law of the unknown how this factors into it and again how we i we do have a kind of fear of the un, unknown but it's more so fearing losing what we do know and when we have an uh one of these emotional roadblocks It's asking us to, to look into the unknown because if we knew what the answer was to what was going on, if we knew what the solution was to this feeling that we had, which is tied to this belief that we have, then we wouldn't have a problem. (laughs) It wouldn't, it would never have even come up. Yeah. There would have been no emotion. There would have been no belief to address because it's already been addressed. (laughs) So when we have these things it is it this emotion is telling us that we have to go and step into something that we don't know yet. Yeah. You have to go and look into this space that hasn't been looked at.
0: It's kind of uh you know it's kind of a crisis of faith. Mhm. You know it's when you think like oh like I really believe in this. I really think this is how it works and then you have a crisis because you all of a sudden realize well maybe this isn't how it works. Crisis of faith is is a wonderful thing to happen because all of a sudden you're in a place where you're willing to consider some other options. And I mean, I, at this point in my life, I've just learned to look at things as when I have a crisis of faith or if I have something like that, I just look at it as like, okay, like what's the thing that I'm, you know, all right. Well, I guess I'm, there's about something to see now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, this has been the, one of the massive shifts for me. And I, you know, I know we're wrapping this baby up, but um, you know, I went through, so a few months ago, I was super focused on building my business. Like I woke up early in the morning. I went to sleep late at night. I worked literally all day building, creating, forming this wonderful thing I was doing. And then the last two months, I don't know what it was, but I hit a point where I was like, I guess it was an emotional roadblock. And I hit a point where I said, you know, I need to, for some reason, I just need to do me. It needs to not be about the business. It needs to not be about where I'm going or what I'm doing or whatever. It needs to just be about me right now and not anything other than me and this wasn't it wasn't like an easy like flick of a switch thing this was this took time and work and effort but it was I just need some self-care and some self-love and it basically I went through this process and eventually um after a few weeks of this I I started to feel and I'm going to say it like a calling to just play video games and just really just follow my heart into whatever it wanted to do even if it seemed totally fucking wrong (laughs) and I had massive judgments around sitting around playing video games all day or doing whatever and so I was like okay whatever no judgment you're gonna do whatever your heart wants unapologetically totally full out no guilt no worry no anything and you're gonna trust that by the time you come through this, it will somehow answer whatever the problem is. And I will tell you 100% that it did. But here's the thing. It wasn't video games that was necessarily the answer. Video games, now this is going to sound kind of weird and maybe people don't get it. I don't know. But video games, which I played, gave me a sense of I can do what I want to do. I can do. Be And I can like live how I want to live. It gave me a permission. All of a sudden I had a permission then I was playing video games and then what ended up happening is playing video games on my own. I started to play video games online and I was playing video games online and I was connecting to other people online and we were having conversations and then we were playing video games together and we were working together as a team. What I've come to now is like, wow what this did was it got me out of a shell that I was in and it got me communicating with people and working with people and creating and building together in a virtual world, nonetheless, but it's just as real to me. I mean, it might as well be the real world because we're communicating, talking, you know, I made some friends through this online experience and now I've kind of come to a point where I was like, all right, I'm still maybe playing some video games online and doing this and connecting with those people because I like those relationships, but I'm kind of like through that stage. And now building my business feels very easy. And the reason why is because what I needed to work through and I didn't know was that the block was my not communicating with people, not working together with people, not, you know. So video games led me to communication, but how am I going to know that if I didn't trust my heart? Like the guy that got himself into the problem can't solve the problem. He mm-hmm. got us into the problem. Yeah. So all I can do is trust my heart. And then when is it happening is I get out of that. And the guy who wasn't communicating with other people that was spending all this time on his own, building his business, um, basically being very insulated. um, you know, and, and couldn't understand why I was blocked emotionally and what was going on for him, needed an outlet. And the video games became my outlet, which got me to communicate, which actually informed the business in a totally roundabout way. So, my point is this when you hit a block, what it's really telling you is that the way there is not the way you think, it's not like the direct line. You need to go around. But somewhere on that path off to the side, there's some key information that you won't get if you went directly. So even though this seems totally off topic and totally way out in left field, you need to go out to left field because something in left field is important on your journey. You need to get it. And then when you come back to the path that you were on initially or whatever, you realize that the piece of information was only gotten by going off the initial path.
1: The unexpected can create new perspective.
0: Yes. So it's really weird because, you know, like I have these people online that I connect with. And you know what? Granted, I've never met these people in person. I don't know. But we we talk, you know, it's like a real human being, right? We're talking online. We're working together in this game. We're, we're processing. But what happened was just connecting with other people and building something together and working and collaborating and having team effort, to me, informed something that working on my own could never inform. Mm-hmm. But like you know, if you try to do things the way you think they need to be done, you will never get the experience that is somehow outside of your reality. Like I didn't know what I needed was to connect with people. Right. But video games gave me the opportunity to get online, to connect with people. And like, look, I'm, I'm kind of like at that point now where I'm like, great, I played video games for two months and did me and had a blast and had some fun. And now I'm kind of, I'm kind of done. like like I still playing a little video games because I love video games don't get me wrong but I'm like I was playing them you know a lot and like now I'm kind of like okay great I did that and I feel good that I did that but like I mean you know like you've even commented on it my state of being has raised it's because partly I did two key things one is I let myself do my own life without judgment number two is that through doing that it gave me some Unexpected benefits mm-hmm. that have served me in a, in a, and I got what I didn't even know I was looking for. And now I'm on to the next stage, which is to reapply, doing my life in honor of myself without judgment, and getting these benefits and applying my business, yeah. which those things could have never been applied before had I just gone directly there. And they were obviously necessary things for me because. I mean, otherwise I could see myself going forward in my business, being in a lot of pain, um, being very lonely, not connecting with people yeah. yet building a successful business, but you know, feeling alone because that was the path I was on. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's, it's, uh, well, in many ways it's, it's part of that pattern interrupt, and, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of the, the great geniuses of history were known to, uh, you know, take walks or, or have a shower or something like that, just did something different, took the opportunity of when they were at a point of of a block, where they were frustrated, where they were at something, just like, you know what, completely step away. So there's a value to doing that sometimes, completely step away from the problem. You know, because in many ways, we've never actually stop thinking about our subconscious continues to work on a lot of these issues very often in the background right so it's like give your conscious mind a break from what's going on
0: i want to give a perfect example of what you're talking about you and i were sitting out in my backyard in the sun having some beer talking about what we would talk about today and we were in a deep philosophical conversation all of a sudden a dog came up to my fence and we got up, we let it in, it ran around, we played with it. We totally stopped the philosophical conversation and the dog was having a blast and we were having a blast. And then the the owner finally after, I don't know, five, 10 minutes called their dog and their dog went running back to their house and we continued on our philosophical conversation. Yeah. What a beautiful, incredible moment. Mm-hmm. It stopped everything we were doing, but yet I would... I would argue that that moment with that dog served the rest of the conversation we had today and this further podcast Yeah. because that's part of life. Part of life is not always about doing the thing. And, and I think emotional roadblocks, sometimes they come in a massive joy. Like they don't always come in a sadness or, you know, they come yeah. with a dog that you feel happy about and this playful puppy that just wanted to play. And it gives you a moment, a break in life where you go, let's play. For me, it was an incredible moment in the day. Mm -hmm. Totally unexpected, totally off course. You could even say waste of time (laughs) if you were (laughs) judgmental of it. Yeah. Right. But this is, this is where I think emotional roadblocks are the gift. But we need to like, and I I think mostly we think of emotional roadblock as a negative. We think of it as like sadness or anger, anxiety, worry, something like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes an emotional roadblock can be joy. Joy can literally stop you in your tracks. Yeah. Happiness can make you just go, you know what? Like, and that was for me this month, video games was just pure unelated joy. Like just totally like, I'm just loving life right now. Yeah. And there's no apology about it. And then I loved life for a little bit. And then I kind of came out of it, you know, and I went, you know what? I'm so happy and I feel so energized that I'm ready to just get up in the morning and go and do life, Mm -hmm. you know, and going, I could work endlessly again, but it's like, it made me think like, make, make room for joy in your life. Make room for play, law of play, Yeah. right? Law of play can be a roadblock in life. Maybe it's just time to play, Mm -hmm. you know? beer (laughs) yeah let's talk about this beer this is your story 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 uh we have beer not as a promotion but evan and i started writing scripts together i like to share this story repeatedly because i feel it's an important one (laughs) but evan and i have written scripts since we were in our very early 20s and um we got together again because we were rewriting a script that had some interest and uh we would have a beer before we started writing and we would talk about our lives as artists and the struggles and the challenges we all went through. And then we had such great talks. We were like, man, we should record them. And we ended up doing it and it turned into this podcast, but we thought, you know, having some beer and having a conversation is such a great thing to do. And, um, we have a craft beer, so we always try a different beer from a different brewery and, um, we share that with you, and that's what we're doing right now. So just so you guys know, that's the story of the beer in this. Um, this is called The Fuzz, <laughs> Milkshake IPA, and it's from a Bridge Brewing Company. So what do you think, man?
1: This has been really good. You know, it's uh, it, it kind of sneaks up on you. It's, it's stronger, a little on the stronger side. Is it? But I don't even know. It's uh, it's good. Like it's it's very well, yeah, hoppy, hoppy like an 6%. IPA. Yeah. And uh, but it's very, it, it's quite smooth. Like it's it's a lot of flavor in the mouth. Mouthfeel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, say, didn't say that. I hate that word. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of, it's a lot of flavor, and it's it's, like it it sticks. It kind of coats your mouth a little bit. Well, you know, the thing is, is
0: they threw a lot of flavors into the fuzz.
1: Yeah. They threw in, uh,
0: they threw in caramel Vienna malt, citra hops, Amarillo hops, peach juice, London ale yeast. Um, they put a little bit of lactose in this. Actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, wheat Hence malt. Hence the milkshake. Flaked oats. Yeah. There's um, lots going in that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very full beer. You know what? It's, it's, um. It's another one of those IPAs that like, you know, because when we initially started recording years ago, I, um, I was not really a big fan of IPAs, but now I'm a big fan of them. And I feel like with all the different, you know, like, I feel like it's one of those beers that sometimes people don't like, sometimes they love, but sometimes they don't like. And it's one of those beers that sometimes if you kind of ease into it, you start to like it a little more and then you open up your palate in a way to like more of these kind of more
1: bitter beers and stuff. But anyway, it's a good one. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a sipping beer. It's not really a, this isn't one yeah. that you go and pound down with. No. <laughs> on a weekend. This is one that you sip and, and savor and enjoy. It's de- definitely you savor it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I really enjoy it. And, uh, you know,
0: I've had a couple glasses of it and I, I feel like it's not like, I'm also finding that it's not the kind of beer where I kind of like get tired of because some beers you kind of just like i've had enough yeah it was great to try it and now i'm kind of like i want to move on to something else Mm -hmm. this is one of those beers where it's like weirdly enough i could keep drinking it but slowly yeah almost like a whiskey or something definitely
1: yeah i agree with that
0: all right well yeah yeah, let's wrap this
1: one up jesus (laughs) we had a lot to say apparently um all right well i'll go all right so in this whole thing the emotional roadblock and everything that we've covered. And I think we've covered a lot about emotion and thought in this whole process and what that relationship is like and how that plays into all of this. And a thing that's emerging to me from this conversation is that when we're in these places of an emotional roadblock is that there's typically a lot of confusion that exists there run very, very much in a confused state when we've hit this. And from what I can see in this conversation is that there's actually very much part of us that is not confused by the situation. You know, cause there's a part of us, the emotion that says something's wrong here. Mm. Go and take a look <laughs> at what's happening what uh, about what you, what you believe about what you've been conditioned to think, go and take a look at this and dismantle this, this thing because a part of us knows that it's not useful. So in many ways, this is like maybe I guess it's words of comfort, which is that when you're in this state, know that there's a part of you that actually already knows Mm and it's just for you to go and discover it in yourself.
0: I love that. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm mostly going to just second what you said, because I, I really agree. agree, And I think that you pointed out the key thing to take away is that uh, the feeling or the emotion is actually a deeper knowing. And the thought that's going on is just, you know, it's, you know you kind of got to look at it the thought and go like okay well the thought is separate from the emotion and if the thought is not serving you then just move on with the thought you know um and i think that um i think that really just emotion is just doing two things it's just either drawing your attention to something like the dog even you know look at the dog story we just shared it's drawing your attention to something and sometimes it's really wonderful and sometimes it's really difficult but you know that's part of what emotion and, and, uh, feeling are doing. And then, and then the story, you know, like go back to the law of vision, go back to the law of story and the law of meaning and go back to those. And you'll begin to start to see that you can take the emotion and you can start to work it, you know, you can play it. And if you're blocked, it's simply in my opinion, because you're telling a story, making a meaning or creating a vision that isn't serving you. Mm -hmm. So just find one that serves you. And then the emotion will give you the fuel because emotion is energy in motion Mm -hmm. and it's trying to direct you somewhere. But if you won't let it, you're going to feel blocked because it's going, well, I'll direct you, but we're going over here. And if you keep trying to go over there, I'm not going over there and your emotion will not go there. And it says, no, like, it's like a little kid and it's like, or whatever it's almost like a prison guard because it's like in control. And it's like, no, we're not going that way. So go this way. And if you keep forcing emotion, it's going to be hard for you. I think, and if you, if anyone can take my story is like, if you got to take some time away and do you, even if it seems totally unrelated to your goals, go try it out for a bit and see what happens. Give yourself that permission. For me, I found it to be extremely valuable and rewarding. I just realized that my heart was telling me you need to have a little more fun in life. You're taking things way too fucking serious, man. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoy it. And then once you enjoy it, we're going to be able to go wherever we want to go.
1: You know what? In many ways, what, what you're saying is, it, it's you know, it's like the inner artist saying, create something new or create something different. That's your way out. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses.
0: You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.